ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hi, you guys. So today we... <laughs> Was that weird? No. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> today we are recapping season four, episode two, Fools Rush In. Oh, I didn't put the original air date. Whoops, let's see here. I think it was. It would have been like January, right? It was January 10th, 2011. Nice. Um, and it was directed by, I don't know how to pronounce this woman's name. I'm so sorry to you, Lee, but it was Lee. Sh- it's either Shallot or Chalet. Shemel. Hmm. And she directed episodes of Arrested Development, Bernie Mac, Gilmore Girls, and The Middle. Whoa. That name actually sounds so familiar. I feel like it might be. I'm. I maybe I'm thinking from Gilmore Girls, like the credits. Mm, yeah, maybe. And the episode was written by Patrick Sean Smith and Roger Grant. The IMDb summary, abridged version to not give spoilers, is it's rush week at CRU and the Capitals try to get pledges. So we see Casey waking up in the on the cursed. Uh, what's it called? Futon that's mm-hmm. never actually folded out into a futon, which has been pointed out on the Reddit. I was lurking the Reddit and someone pointed that out. And it's true. They always keep it in couch mode. And the apartment is just like filled with her crap everywhere. And it's clearly like already just overwhelming. Dale well, is- She doesn't just wake up. She jolts awake yeah. <laughs> from D- Dale's giggle. Dale is like kind of staring at her kind of looking through I think it's like a book of clubs or something yeah like he, a brochure type. yeah he says something about how like he can't believe the atheists have a ski trip or a ski club because yeah they are- something about a ski trip and he's trying to find Mrs. Kettlewell yeah they're headed towards warmer climates he says um he's looking for a club to join while he's still in college so that he can really for the purpose of meeting a girl and um Casey's like well you're surrounded by girls at CBZ and he's like no they just think of me as like one of the girls and she's like well why don't you join a fraternity it's rush week and he's like I can't do that you know I if, I would be a hypocrite I founded USAG and um he goes besides the only girl I'm interested in isn't even in the Greek system anymore <laughs> and he kind of like looks at her forlornly and then thank God Rusty interrupts. He stumbles in. He's tripping over all of her stuff. He's like, I don't mind being not being the lone cart right on campus, but you know, you gotta get like he's like, I want to be the only one in this apartment. You gotta figure something out. And she says she wants to leave, but everything in her budget is already rented, including the law school dorms. Um, and so they're just like kind of squabbling. They start to fight over like the last bit of cereal that she wants. And then we see Dana make an appearance in this episode. Dana jump scare. Yeah. Um, And she is wearing Casey's shirt. Casey is like, oh, nice shirt, Dana. Wait. And Dana's like, it is yours. I forgot mine. I'm like, I don't think you guys are close like that. No, this weirded me out. 
She's also wearing space buns. Yeah, I didn't like that look. Um, she forgot her overnight bag, so she just helped herself. <laughs> imagine and- doing that. Like, imagine, like, you're staying at your boyfriend's place, and you're like, oh, I forgot a bag. I'm just going to wear his sister's top, who I barely know. I know. Yeah. I'm like, also, like, ask her, because I feel like Casey would have been like, oh, my gosh, of course. Don't worry. It's a cute top, too. We're too so bad. odd. We know that. Yeah. And then Casey says, hey, like, can you guys turn down the TV when you're watching Star Wars at night? And they both get really awkward and Dale starts to laugh. And he's like, Rusty doesn't have a TV in his room. And Dana and Rusty like run off embarrassed. And she's like, well, no, I I heard that one scene from Star Wars like a million times last night. And Dale reenacts it. And it's like them role we know rusty likes role play yeah he's a big role player oh right jordan's taught him that yeah so now we're at kt uh, well casey's mortified by the way if you had to know that i think it's very obvious so now we're at kt and chapter is being held and cappy hands the meeting over to rusty because he is now the new rush chair and he's going to give an update on Rush. And Rusty says, you know, I think karmic synergy will do most of the work for us. But then he like looks around and he's like, are we missing people? And they start kind of accounting for, you know, KTs of the past that we have also been asking about. Yeah, the million dollar question, where is Ben Bennett? Where is Ben Bennett? No one's seen him since homecoming. Dewey and Marbles, who I can't recall, haven't been seen since the accident. And Gonzo, as uh, Cappy points out, was last seen on Scrubs, which of course <laughs> is Dave Franco, who guest starred on Scrubs. And um, this made me laugh, but I also was like, okay, you guys freaked out when three guys got expelled, but you're just like losing people left and right and not even noticing interesting yeah well it they need things placed right in front of them for them to like fully comprehend yeah they have no object permanence Mm-mm. um so uh yeah so rusty's like wow we've lost a lot of guys like should we be worried and cabby's like yeah like karmic synergy will provide us with more than enough guys it always does and then he's like, okay, everybody, let's go watch Yo Gabba Gabba, which is a children's show, I believe, on Nickelodeon. And as everybody's leaving, Cappy kind of pulls Rusty aside. He's like, yeah, we should be really worried. Eek. So now we see, I hate this storyline, by the way. Calvin talking to the chapter of Omega Kai, trying to convince them that he did not betray them. And we got a lot of trip this episode. So oh trip my god. Up. Homophobe and junior phobe. We got king phobe, little phobe, and they are popping off. They're accusing Calvin of always betraying them in favor of KT. Always backstabbing. Yeah. And like, Trip's what? like <laughs> Trip says he had to sleep on the beach <laughs> at Myrtle Beach because oh. he lost that house. And he is both homophobic in this moment <laughs> and 
anti-unhomed people he's claims quote a homeless guy almost peed on him also first of all everyone should pee on trip second of all they try and weaponize them not being homophobic for five seconds when Grant and Calvin came out as a couple. Yes. They the like completely throw that. They're like, well, we supported you then. And now you turn around and backstab us. And it's like, you don't get like a cookie for not being homophobic. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you don't get That wasn't pra- you not backstabbing him. That was you, you being get, a decent person. Yeah. You don't get praise for not hate criming your brother <laughs> for like one second. <laughs> and then Literally. going back to doing it like it's crazy yeah they they say because at the dance when grant and calvin made their debut they like let it happen or quote were supportive which was just them also dancing and ignoring it and not being outwardly cruel whatever um can't really understand their logic but they have pea brains so so then like jp who is junior phobe <laughs> <laughs> i don't think does he even have a name it's no JP. idea is His it actually? JP. Yes. Oh shit. Oh my god. Is that how is that how you came up with Junior Phobe? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're probably just having the same conversations a million times. We're probably screaming at their phones. Um, but JP asks if Calvin told Evan, which I'm like, why would you care? Literally, they hated him. Why is that a reason to be even more annoyed? They couldn't fucking stand Evan. I hate this storyline. Not because it's like bad. I'm just like, I don't want to spend any time with the Omega Kai house. Get me out of here. Seriously. Um, so Trip is like, ask, like, he's like, what's one reason we shouldn't impeach you? And Calvin's like, I'm going to try to earn your trust back. Like, please give me a second chance. And they're not happy about that. They're just like, grumble. So now Cappy and Rusty are talking and Rusty says that they, he's run the numbers and they're going to need 20 guys where they will be bankrupt by the end of the semester. Um, and Cappy's like, all right, well, we got to change it up. We got to do something to get people to hear about KT. And this is where they're in the house right now. And this is where Cappy admits to Rusty, there is no such thing as karmic synergy. Mm-hmm. And it was created by Egyptian Joe so that they wouldn't have to try. Another dark mark of the Egyptian <laughs> Joe reign. Oh, oh my gosh. I was like, honestly, a little scared he might come back. And I, I know. Oh my keeping, God. Keeping an eye out for. Keeping so us like, on our t- toes over here. I'm a Tegan. Egyptian toes. <laughs> About Cappy. This is such a blemish on his supposed reign as president. Yeah. You won't let anyone else be president. You've been doing it for how many years now? Like three, at least. Your house is about to go bankrupt and you didn't notice until it was this dire. Like, what is wrong with you? And his entire platform for everything is just do nothing. And it's like, you know what is even easier way to do nothing? Also, don't be president then. Right. That's the easiest way that you don't have to do anything. The fact that they need 20 guys, like, this is, it's just ridiculous. So then Rusty, like, asks Kathy, like, okay, what do we do? And they don't know. They seemingly, like, don't really know where to turn because they've never tried before. Um. So now Casey and Evan are walking through campus, and it looks like it's, like, kind of like the first day of law school slash like a 
it's like a fair yeah like like you know like we had this at our school like you're the first day it's like clubs and stuff and um they're kind of chatting and Casey's like everything seems different even though it's the same school and she's really thinking about ZBZ and hoping that they have a good rush she can't get it out of her head and Evan says that she sounds like Rebecca, but Rebecca's allowed to be thinking about it because she's the new president and this is her first rush as the president. And Casey asks Evan if he, this is the biggest bullshit ever too. Casey asks Evan if he misses it. And Evan's like, no, I, I have no urge to be involved. Like, I don't care at all. I'm like, all this stuff with Calvin, like, I, I don't even care. Literally taking it so fucking personally what and Calvin he, did for no reason. No reason. Nothing to do with him. Cut to like three scenes later, he's literally wearing his little outfit. Like you can't Hanging out with we'll get there. You can't get this man to stop caring. Yeah, this was honestly giving me like it it honestly reminded me of did you at your school have any people who did like a four plus one program? Oh, like, like they stayed for five years. Yeah, like they're at my school. There were a lot of people who did the four plus one like MBA program. And I uh, just like I imagine that would have felt so strange, like doing a graduation ceremony and then immediately just like being back. But like being like <laughs> I'm here in a different context. Yeah. Honestly, even living down the street from where we went to school for a year felt like that. Yeah. yeah. And we lived like 15 minutes away after we graduated. Like being in the area the year after felt like this, like weirdly disconnected, but like still like tethered because people you're still good friends with are still going. Like, it's very strange. And like, it's not fun. It's very disorienting. Um, So yeah, Evan's like bullshitting everyone. And I don't even think Casey like believes him, but he's saying that he does not want to be involved. And Casey kind of like is like yeah yeah me either and obviously she does and so then Evan's like well why don't you just go like visit ZBZ you have a couple days till law school starts like just go see them and so she does she runs off to see her sisters and now um Rusty and Cappy I believe are at Panhellenic to sign up for official recruitment through the school and it's Natalie that's like working the front area and she laughs in their faces when they tell her they want to sign up for rush activities and Kathy's like we want to do all of the all of the rush stuff and she says that they've missed every deadline and the only thing that is still open is house tours and that happens to be the only thing that KT actually does so she couldn't be more delighted to be sharing this misfortune I missed her. I know. I love her little hamster voice. Same. Now we see Calvin show up to the law school dorm. And he is like apologizing to Evan. And I really don't get this. He says, you know, the day you were going to move out, I was going to tell you everything. And um, then he makes a comparison saying like... it wasn't any different than Evan screwing over Kathy. Well, and when he says like, oh, like I just ended up not telling you, he goes, yeah, you're too busy lying to your house. That's what Evan yeah. says I'm like, why is Evan still stuck on this? Like you, you are no longer 
in this fraternity. Also, like, why do you care? I, I just can't understand why he cares. He also says that him screwing over Cappy was better because at least it wasn't his own house. Again, yeah, but that resulted in people getting expelled. This resulted in people just being mildly pleasant towards one another. Right. Like, sorry that they don't continue to hold a grudge, even though now they still do. Yeah. And so then Calvin's like, can we just put this behind us? You know, the rest of the house has. And Evan's kind of surprised by that. And Calvin says that they had a meeting and, you know, they had a long discussion. But the guy said to keep him as president because they want to give him another chance. And then Evan says, well, they are more forgiving than I'd be. So here's what's really pissing me off. In (laughs) this moment, Calvin really has been nothing but a good friend to basically everyone especially Evan and this is Evan deciding to burn a bridge that he wasn't even on he was on neither sides of these bridge he built one so he could light it on fire and he's doing it because of what literally just his pride because he's annoyed that he didn't realize that it was a lie and this is exactly what Calvin told him on spring break is his demise his pride or whenever he ended up telling him that look this is the exact reason that he everything goes wrong for Evan because he is so prideful and I realized this also later in the episode but it's applicable now Evan has just been sitting and waiting for Calvin to do one thing wrong so that he can unleash all of this pent-up resentment that he has for Calvin correctly clocking when Evan has been terrible. And now he cannot wait to play into him. He admits it almost. He, like, admits that part of their dynamic later. Yeah, later. Yeah. That scene. Um, so now Casey walks into ZBZ and like, I need to talk about the decor in there for a second for Rush. What are those paper circle strings you used to make in like preschool, kindergarten? Oh, like, it's like a little chain of like, um, a chain of like cut paper strands. That's yeah. them. <laughs> for Rush. It was hideous. It looked like they got a bunch of third graders in there making those decorations and Rebecca is like oh my gosh you have to check in on me already and Casey says that she just needed refuge from Rusty's apartment which like fair enough yeah and um Rebecca says like oh that's fine you know pull up a chair but then the wicked witch of the east rolls in it's taken (laughs) yeah the midwest uh it's taken herself and she says, like, she's like, well, it's not Rush anymore. It's recruitment. She immediately starts ordering Abby to get her her French water. It, and she is correct. Like, we can't call it Rush. Or we yeah, were not. we weren't allowed to say Rush. Really? Uh, yeah. Why? And did it change while we were there? Or was it always like that? I think we came in at, like, the first or second year that they were making everybody say it. They did get progressively more, like, intense about calling it recruitment. I think there's just, like, Thomas, to answer your question, like, negative connotations with Rush. Like, Oh, like, it being, like, exclusionary. I, th- I I mean, not that recruitment isn't, but I think they were just trying to, like, distance themselves from, like, 
I don't. I don't even. Um. Yeah. But I. I. Know, I see what you mean. Like the rush culture. To me, recruitment is giving cult. But whatever. <laughs> um. So Casey's like, Tegan, what are you doing here? And Tegan says it's her job. And now that this ZBZ chapter is back to being a flagship chapter, um, she has to make sure that it stays that way. So she asks why Casey is there. And Casey is like, oh, my housing is in a state of transition. And then Tegan immediately asks Rebecca who the house mother is because Rebecca was supposed to hire someone. And Rebecca says that, the house mother is in a state of transition and so then Tegan's like well and oh and then Tegan's like well why aren't you practicing recruitment drills and she's just kind of like fluttering around immediately criticizing everything Rebecca is or isn't doing and um Tegan basically assigns Casey to be the house mother for the week of recruitment and then immediately following that starts doing recruitment drills so Rebecca is in the kitchen and she's pissed about this whole arrangement. And she tells Casey just like to stay quiet, stock the pretzels, sweep the floors, stay out of her way. Um, and she says that Casey doesn't want to be a pathetic girl like that can't leave her sorority behind. So then Taken comes in to collect both of them because they're going to a rally. Um for like it's basically the fair that we saw earlier um yeah i don't know why they call it a rally it was not a rally that was really confusing it's like a club day um so she collects them and she says casey has to wear this hideous apron that she has and um a hairnet yeah like why the hairnet i don't know was she doing something with food? I, I didn't even oh, see. Oh, yeah. They're going to be serving um cupcakes, which we'll see in just a, a couple scenes. That doesn't require a hairnet. So now we see Rusty and Dana working on his project, which I genuinely forgot about. And he says he wants to invest in some R&D this year. And she's like, ooh, research and development. He's like, no, Rusty and Dana and they're just like obsessed with one another dana um says she can't wait to conquer the scientific world with him and rusty is like oh i gotta leave i have to go figure out like what we're gonna do since we couldn't get a booth at this rally and she goes oh i like didn't know you guys participated in this stuff i thought kts were rebels and Rusty says to her, well, I have been known as a rowdy Rusty. Oh, don't remind us. No, <laughs> I know. I was like, ew, please and don't mention like, this. It was only for a day. And I was like, oh, we remember the day. Trust me. We remember the day. Miss Munn. Oh, uh, How could we forget? So cursed. Seared, seared into our memories. So then she's like, well, why don't you guys just set up a booth anyway? Like, you already don't follow the rules. Just set up a rebel booth outside of the reserved area. The school can't do anything about it. And he loves this idea. He starts talking Star Wars to her, kind of going back and forth. And Rusty has to leave to go tell Cappy. This is the first time we're, like, actually seeing them, like, being into each other. More Rusty, like, actually being, like, actively interested in her. Which yeah. Yeah. They were like kind of making, I mean, I don't personally like they're weird, but like I, they make sense. Sure. She said they're like 
Pierre and Marie Curie. Like it's not, without, yeah. without the death. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably their cutest scene thus far. Yeah, it is for sure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So now Evan walks into the ZBZ house and he, uh, so Rebecca is like very stressed out. Like she is talking a mile a minute about all these things that are going wrong and he cuts her off with a kiss. It's romantic and she loves it. She like she's like, thank you. Um she she's like definitely needed to chill. She definitely needed to chillax, as Jojo might say in Aquamarine. <laughs> um oh, I want to watch that again. So she tasks Evan with like delivering cupcakes to the rally. And Dale starts angrily stacking boxes on top of like Evan's pile. And Evan's like, whoa, like what is what's going on? And Dale tells him that he's mad for saying no to the peace offering. Uh, And he reveals, you know, like I was the one who blew the truce. Like it was me. And nice to see him standing up for Calvin, though. Yeah. And it truly was him. Like he was the one who revealed this. Yeah, but he wasn't the one who did who made schemed play. it. <laughs> so Evans like, you know, you don't understand fraternities and Evans kind of going on about how brotherhood is the most important and like Calvin should have just come to them. Uh and then Evans like, you know, without brotherhood, like frats are pretty much just a place to drink beer and chase girls and then like this kind of sparks an idea for Dale. Yeah. And Evan is saying this like as if he hasn't just come off of a term of the brothers wanting nothing to do with him, despising him, putting him through hell for being poor, really. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, like now all of a sudden going on about? he's like, they are my brothers, like they've stood by my side. It's like, uh what? <laughs> He hated them at the end. I know. And they hated him the whole time. Did he have a single friend in there besides Calvin? No. No. (laughs) He grant a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of friends, actually, now that I think about it. A KT, he also didn't have any friends. No. But I feel like that's actually kind of common for this type of personality yeah um don't miss business with pleasure and your entire life is business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now we're at the rally and oh my gosh it looks so fun there's like so much going on and the omega kai's have like a putt putt like station set up at their booth heath approaches calvin and He's like asking him to come over later and they're kissing and it's cute. And I think this is when Heath starts talking about his sister who's coming by. Yeah, he wants Calvin to meet her. 
So Evan arrives at the ZBZ booth and he's dropping off the cupcakes. But um, the ZBZ and Omega Chi booths are pretty close to each other. And Trip invites Evan over. Oh, he's so chipper to see him all of a sudden. He's tripper. <laughs> he's tripper as can be. And he's saying, you know, they need him because their current president sucks. And he's saying like that they want to get rid of Calvin as president right after Rush. So at the ZBZ booth, Cappy approaches Casey. And Cappy says to Casey, I guess it's not so easy to leave the Greek system behind. Not quite the same, but... Yeah, because he sees her apron that says house mother. And then in that, like, right after he leaves, Laura approaches Casey and she's like, we need to do something about Tegan. Like, Tegan will not leave us alone. And, like, Rebecca's not uh handling this well because Casey's saying oh I think Rebecca can handle it and then we see them like squabbling in the background um, and you also have to keep in mind Tegan has been relentlessly cruel to Rebecca like yes. when that girl was at her lowest she tried to kick her out yeah and she like Tegan I sees Rebecca I forgot as... about that to be honest <laughs> yeah I'm actually glad you re- you reminded me about that too because I can compl- context <laughs> I just remember, um, like, I remember Tegan really seeing Rebecca, too, as, like, this scandal, like, mm-hmm. the, basically bringing down the name of ZBZ. Yeah. Um. So Heath approaches the booth with his sister, and Keith, Casey, like, looks at, like, this list, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Heath and Heather, like, that's so cute. And he's like, no, it's pronounced Heather, <laughs> like, Heath. <laughs> Keither, as I would say. <laughs> Keith, Keith and Keither. And Casey's like, oh my gosh, like you'll have to re- meet Rebecca, our president. Um, so Tegan is telling Rebecca that she's worried. Like they have a massage chair set up. And Tegan's like, I don't know, the massage chair looks pretty desperate. And Rebecca's like, well, massages improve circulation and prevent aging. Maybe you should look into it. Like they're just kind of like saying these really biting things to each other. And honestly, like this might be a weird parallel but I kind of see them almost as like a mother-daughter relationship a a little bit like a a dance mom yeah like I kind of feel like if we saw more of Rebecca's mom in the series like they would kind of be acting like this to each other um so Heather approaches Tegan and Rebecca and she like Heather asks Rebecca if she's a sister but Tegan thinks she's talking to her and Tegan's like Oh my gosh, that is so kind of you to say that. Um, and then they're kind of just like passive aggressively like talking at Heather about like how everything Rebecca's doing is wrong. And then Rebecca's kind of coming back at Tegan about like how her strategy is wrong. And Heather is just like freaked the hell out and she's not interested. It's a bad look. The undermining that Tegan is doing is making everything 10 times worse. They look like... It- reminded me of when we had someone from nationals visit during recruitment (laughs) (laughs) we have to tell this wait what happened (laughs) we do have to tell it i like remember more of it as i said it but it is it's important lore well our chapter collectively bullied this woman into flying back to ohio she what not just flying back to ohio she fled the room sobbing one night during recruitment when we were like talking about 
the next day and going through the woman we spoke with and it got so heated and I remember who it was stood up and was like you come in here and you like you are trying to take over this whole thing and you're not valuing us or whatever it was like true but it was was elevated and she ran out of the room crying and she never came back (laughs) to return but what happened was actually very similar like they sent someone to look at our recruitment and apparently they felt that we were doing everything wrong like it wasn't up to standards but it was during the recruitment so like if we couldn't change it she was actively trying to change the entire process while it was happening and it was like severely messing things up because you like practice for this for weeks if not more like you start like almost a hundred girls and you start doing stuff the semester before for it like there's no changing it while it's in motion. Like these are things that you would say and then the next year you could maybe put them into practice. But like she was actively trying to make changes like things that were happening during recruitment, afterwards, how we voted on people. Like it was crazy. And people just started like speaking their piece, like hands were flying up. And then finally the one girl like, really, I think it was our standards chair just like laid into her and was like get the fuck out no people were saying get the fuck out i'm like <gasps> be sure right erin i don't know if i'm remembering that it could be true it could not be true but if, if the word fuck wasn't used like leave was like they were like, like leave now yeah, you need to like leave us alone essentially yeah which is true it's like if you're gonna come in then like sit back take notes and then send us a scathing evaluation that will implement the next year I mean, a group of 18 to 22 year old women banning against you. I can't think of anything more. It was like, what, midnight to 2 a.m. We're in this like random room on campus. Like everyone was tired. I remember I was sitting there. I suddenly got like a crazy fever, like sitting there (laughs) while we were there because we hadn't slept in days and it it was awful. Grueling. it was it was the it was one of the craziest things but that was basically she was basically tagan honestly less glamorous tagan yeah like tagan is glamorous like i will say i think that like she is so perfect that it's like almost hard not to like i feel like you can see why the girls are afraid of her except for rebecca rebecca really is like willing to stand up to her this woman did not have the collective respect that tagan somehow gets yeah, and I could see why he there would be freaked out because, like, imagine thinking about joining a sorority and there's, like, you know, someone in their 40s. Yes, like, roaming around and, like, inserting themselves. It would be weird. I'd be like, is this like this all the time? <laughs> yeah, like, chaperoning everybody. Um. So now the KTs are setting up their rebel booth and Timmy the snake is there. So they like turn the music on and everybody is loving it and they start swarming. Like they're wrestling a little bit. A wrestling element. There's like a wrestling match. It's like those inflatable like wrestling outfits. Survivor tiki themed. (laughs) Yeah. The theme of KT, honestly. (laughs) It does kind of look like they just took the the KT backyard and made a float out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which it honestly looks pretty good. Like it, it totally matches the, their vibe. Yeah. So people start signing up and then all of a sudden Rusty notices like the sprinklers 
So like poor planning. They're right next to the sprinklers. And like the water starts hitting the speakers and like their uh their sound system basically. A sprinkler like, like comes up in the middle of their booth. Like the sprinklers are appearing out of nowhere. Yeah, and they are like violent sprinklers. Yeah. Like they the water is like charging at them and it gets like really intense and the speaker system just starts like sparking and then completely blows up. Yeah. And like Beaver tries to run back in to save Timmy, but he's, he's restrained. Oh my god, it's so sad. And then their their letters catch on fire and honestly it looked kind of sick yeah like they catch on fire in like the coolest way where it's like they're perfectly on fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way it would look this good um it looks like a concert or something where they've like put someone's yeah. name in flames exactly it's like is great advertising for them yeah so it's the snake slaughter i know that's so sad and you can tell just like beaver it's really, I mean, it's it's like their communal snake, right? Yeah, but it's beavers, I think. You can tell, like, Beav and Timmy had, like, a really close connection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so not a success for the KTs. The Rebel Booth, as Dana, Dana's brilliant idea went awry. Dana. So now, like, after the rally, um, not rally, is it a, a rally? The fair? What I don't know. They're calling it rally, right? Yeah. Um, so Cappy approaches Casey and she's like, Whoa, yeah, like things really got out of hand. And Cappy is carrying Timmy's ashes. Oh my god. So the fact that the snake completely incinerated to the point of ashes, that's really bleak. I know, and Cappy's trying to make it seem like it wasn't that bad. Like, other than that, he's like pretending at first that they planned it yeah he's like other than the dead snake ashes that i'm carrying it was yeah this was like what it was supposed to happen and casey's like well i'm just helping out the house uh and cappy starts talking about how like they've kind of given up on karmic synergy and how he's trying mm -hmm. and casey kind of immediately hears that and is like you know i don't want to be the reason that you're changing like don't just yeah, like and all he says first of all he's like it, this is a big change for me I'm growing up we're we're not gonna get a good pledge class if we don't earn it which is like all positive things to say I feel like she like shuts him down kind of unnecessarily yeah in a way that's like discouraging him yeah and she's like I want you to be like I want you to only want to change for yourself because you deserve it, which is like she's kind of making a lot of assumptions here that he is only changing for her when he really didn't mention that. And also, it really until this scene, like he maybe there was like a little bit of motive in this scene of him telling her this and like, hey, I'm like, you know, trying. But leading up to this, like she really wasn't the motivation for this. He was no. like, Rusty, we need to get people like we don't really have a choice right now. Yeah, like it was genuinely about the house and like, and like trying and wanting to do, do better for himself and for the house. Yeah, like I get what she's saying, but I yeah. think it just kind of like shut him down in a way that 
probably just didn't feel very good. I know. Casey, I mean, Casey definitely has like a main character complex where she's like, everybody's kind of doing everything being for me. Being the main character. <laughs> yeah, like being the main character of Greek. She has the main character complex. It's that complex. And she says, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry about Timmy. Timmy. So now we're at KT and Beeb is torn up about Timmy. He is so sad. Well, it's actually so sad. Yeah. And Cappy's like, don't worry. Like I buried him in the rose bush. So that means like flowers will like always grow around his grave. Beeb is like, why can't we just. making it sounds like actually genuinely so sad. I thought it was sad. I was sad. Beaver, that was his pet. Okay, I didn't was- realize Timmy died until I saw Cabby carrying the ashes. I was like, this well, is got so dark. Wasn't, he wasn't carrying the ashes, though. He says, like, no, like, I planned this so I could carry the, the I wanted to carry everything back um, as a sack of ashes. Like, he, he says that it was the structure, not Timmy. Oh, I don't know why I thought those were Timmy's ashes. No, he says, okay, wait, I, I wrote it down. He says, um... Jacqueline, no more leaving the room. If you yeah, we're like completely making up a different plot. <laughs> I had to pee. Um, he says, oh, he's like, um, they're walking, him and Casey are walking and he's like, no, this was the plan all along. I didn't want to have to carry back the booth. And now it's just easier as a bag of ash. Oh, got it. So he's not carrying Timmy's ashes in that scene, but I Timmy mean, did die. Yeah. And Timmy they do died. say they bury, I guess maybe they just say they buried Timmy. Maybe yeah, his ashes. I swore he said his ashes, though. I mean, he could have been part of the ashes in the bag. Yeah, that is. I don't want to talk about Timmy's death anymore. It's yeah, sad. sorry, I don't mean to make this. I think we should title about. this episode "R.I.P. Timmy," though, in his honor. Yeah, we we don't need to dwell um on the death in, in you know, loving memory of Timmy. Timmy wouldn't yeah. want this. He wouldn't. He would want us to move forward and be full of joy, and. So, so. Yeah, so Beaver's like, why couldn't we just stick to karmic synergy? And Cappy does admit that he failed here. And he, like, completely gives up on trying. He's like, trying just wasn't worth it. Like, it was so much better when we just didn't try. Like, trying and failing was, like, the worst idea. Uh, Clearly, I think, triggered by Casey's discouraging comments, too. Oh, totally. He took that as, like, oh, my, like, this was not worth it at all. Yeah, and I think made him not want to try more. And then he says, when we try, snakes die. Yeah. (laughs) And Rusty's like, you can't just give up. Like, I fail every day. Like, this is not an excuse to give up. Like, I mean, this is definitely, like, the voice of reason here. But, you know, this is when Cappy's like, there's a reason we don't try. Like, because, like, shit like this happens. We lost to me. So now we're at Dale and Rusty's apartment. And Dale kind of, like, quickly announces, like, I'm rushing a frat. And Rusty just completely mocks him, thinking it's a joke. Yeah, they're both like, okay, Calvin's there, too. They're like, no, they say, like, yeah, we get it. Like, you You hate frats or something. Yeah, Yeah, they actually, like, it's not even that they're mocking him. It's more so that they're just, like. Yeah, they think he's mocking them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So Rusty's telling, telling Calvin how Happy gave up. Yeah, they're both venting about their mentors in this scene. Menti ventsash. Mentor is a really strong, a generous term. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. I mean, I'm not they're saying they're gurus at it. Oftentimes, Calvin is the mentor, but you know that is what they. They're cult are. leaders. 
Yeah. Yeah. This was problematic. Um, Dale says you forcing peace on the brothers is no different than me forcing straightness on you. And Calvin's like, no, 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 no. That was you being homophobic. And this was me being like a good person. The commitment to 50% of the guys in this episode, not understanding homophobia is never okay is like truly baffling yeah also like let's not make comparisons of like obvious and abject hate versus just trying to have everyone get along like what are you talking about exactly yeah it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make call up tom sandoval because this is a false equivalency Calvin cannot catch a goddamn break ever, but even in this episode, it's like just every turn he's getting whack-a-mold anywhere he pops his little head out. They gaslight this guy all the time because he's the only sane person amongst absolute crazy people. And so they're constantly trying to tell him that he's in the wrong and like making him question his reality. Like, you sure maybe you were a little bit deceptive but like you didn't do anything wrong by trying to get have everyone get along yeah and meanwhile they don't even realize that this is all because dale is drunk off that sweet sweet omega kai (laughs) kool-aid yeah yeah and so calvin or not calvin dale has been reading the rush manual and he's like well omega kai's believe in brotherhood and kt's believe in nothing uh, and Rusty's like, that's not true. Like, we do believe in some stuff. Um, like, cool, weird stuff. Like, I could spot a KT from a mile away. And then they're like, wait, why are you reading the Rush Guide to Dale? And Dale, they realize he was being serious, that he is, in fact, rushing a fraternity. Fraternity Rush reveal. <laughs> I mean, this is a big change. This is a big change for Dale. Going from USAG to rushing. He is really wanting a girly pop. Yeah. So now we're at ZBZ and Tegan and Rebecca are fighting in front of all the girls. It's so awkward. So inappropriate. Yeah. And then Casey is like making like these loud. She's like sweeping in the. I guess, dining room area, like, and very loudly, um, basically to get Rebecca's attention. And she kind of starts, like, sweeping around instead of through the table. And yeah, because Rebecca comes over, she's like, what? Yeah, Rebecca's like, is this your way of saying, like, I should go around Tegan instead of just, like, working with her? And Casey's like, well, Tegan has to be stopped, and I have an idea. And Rebecca just completely concedes. She's like, fine, like, what's your idea? I need I need help. And in fairness, Rebecca, I do think, is struggling. But when you think about it, when Casey became president, she had Franny kind of there. And then when Ashley became president, she had Casey there. So they all had, like, somebody sort of guiding them who had been through it before. Yeah. And right now, Rebecca's just like on her own. Yeah. No, it's true. She really has no one there to guide her except for like um, Abby, Betsy, and Laura. But yeah, she has no like one older than her. It's just like. Yeah, no one who's done it. No. So 
uh, at KT, Rusty shows up and he announces to everyone that they're not giving up. And he starts launching into this speech about how, like, they need, like, quote, our guys. And everyone's confused about what he means. And he's like, all we have to do is just identify 20 Rushies who are real special guys that have that one amazing, like, KT it factor. Uh, and he's downloaded pictures of guys he think would be good fits. Yeah, he's printed out a stack of these it factor men essentially doing what every single sorority or fraternity does for recruitment which is find people who you think would fit in and be extra nice to them like this is literally he's acting like this is a revolution this is just how you do recruit you recruit people that people that would like you not oh gosh i'm sure these days too it's like very very like social media Like, oh, this person, you know, went to the same school as someone who's already in here. They're going to talk to each other. Like, this is, it's, feels very basic, but everyone's shonked. <laughs> yeah, everyone's shonked. And um, the, so he's printed out all these pictures. Beaver's excited because, like, this, the son of the Sandusky beer throne <laughs> is, is one of their, like, pictures that he's printed out and one of them is named Jody Foster <laughs> and then they make like an Anthony Hopkins joke um, and Anthony Hopkins is loving it also good to have a confirmation ID on Anthony Hopkins <laughs> I know I, like, really oh, I literally was like oh that's Anthony Hopkins like <laughs> yeah. I was not sure who they who that Wait, was I, think I missed it who was it <laughs> one of he the brown haired KTs he kind of <laughs> looks like Logan Lorman a little bit a little bit. He has more of a okay, like, that's the one I thought it looks was. than the other one. That's the one I thought it was. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, and the other one is who do we mix him up with? That's is not dump truck pickle. though. Pickle. That's no, that's different. No. That is dump truck though. Dump truck and Anthony Hopkins, I think, are the ones we confuse sometimes. I might also confuse pickle, but that's pickle has me. a different look to him, also has brown hair, but he's kind of smaller and skinnier. But he could pass as um Anthony Hopkins like cousin or something or maybe even brother. Dumb trucks cousin. You know what? This is too confusing. <laughs> we need like a family if we tree. We do another um Greek Jeopardy, and we have one of the questions is differentiating on them. We would really look like fools. Oh my gosh, that would be so hard. So um. Cappy agrees to Rusty's plan. He like kind of pauses for a second and then agrees. And he goes, this time we're doing it for me. I mean, us. Which he was doing it last time too, by the way. But it's good to see them excited. They have a renewed uh, optimism about them. Also, like Rusty makes a point of saying, you know, I can't rush all of these guys myself. You guys have to be in on this. Every year we take a risk throwing this like secret party, which I think might be the first time that we've really had to confirm that they're not supposed to be having that big party that they have. I guess we knew that, but it seems like, I don't know. Um, Oh yeah. Like we didn't really know it was a secret. Yeah. And um, he's like, so this year, like we'll actually be doing it for something that matters, like taking that risk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, I guess the party has always been a secret, but it's not we haven't known that it's been like off limits in terms of like uh, officially. 
yeah how serious of a secret it was because like I always thought about that can't you hear it they're in a backyard oh and it's huge it's loud they have the plain white tees playing like it's a full-on concert so now we're at ZBZ and Tegan is having a conniption because someone <laughs> like brought a rushy a water without a napkin it was Abby it was Abby's Abby slash Kelsey <laughs> So uh, Rebecca then approaches Tegan and she says that Julie Beth Gentry Manning, granddaughter of Mary Beth Gentry Manning, grand national president is rushing ZBZ. <laughs> and I also love how they start she, calling her she's like considering Gamma Psi. So they have to get really serious about her. Oh, gosh. I love how they start abbreviating her name too to JBGM. <laughs> 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 so funny. Um so then Julie Beth Gentry Manning, JBGM, walks in and guess who it is? Dana. In beachy waves, which yeah, cute on her. She's kind of giving her character in Ice Princess here. Yeah. I was just mm-hmm. waiting for her to say, word of advice, never speak again. <laughs> um, If you haven't listened to the Ice Princess app, you should because we talk about this in more detail. In more detail. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she walks in and then she, like, Tegan starts asking her about her mom and, like, which chapter. And she said she was part of the Omicron chapter. Oh, Did not sure. age well. <laughs> and I actually even wondered. I was like, is she just saying, like, science terminology here? Or is that an actual thing? It's probably just, like, a random, like, she probably just shows a random letter. Yeah. And so um, Rebecca starts doubting Dana's skills. Like she's talking to Casey. Casey's like, don't worry. She's a genius. And she knows a lot about Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah. She was like, it's perfect because she. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say. Oh, no. Go for it. Oh, I was just going to say she's like, it's perfect because she looked super cute in my top and (laughs) she's super smart and can memorize facts quickly. (laughs) I love how like the top has come full circle. It's like because she wore her top that one time that like created this entire idea for Casey. Yeah, if we didn't have the top scene, we never would have gotten this specific scheme. Yeah. So then Rebecca grabs her squad, like her squad of Laura, Betsy, and Abby, and like they start chatting with the rushies now that Tegan is distracted. And I'm happy for them. They have a scheme to rally around. Casey's fulfilled before law school is starting. <laughs> and Dana's honestly like I was impressed by her level of commitment to this. I was like, Dana is surprising me. Yeah, I'm, like, glad that she wanted to participate. She's a girl's girl, I guess. This is also kind of funny how it's, like, a little bit of a play on, like, Franny's plan. Do you remember? Like, I'm honestly forgetting all the details, but remember the the Martha Stewart's granddaughter? Martha Stewart. That's, no, she says that later. That's, she, that's how she got it from Franny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Maya Stewart of it all. Maya Stewart. The Miley Stewart of it all. <laughs> Miley When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So now we're at Omega Chi and Dale is there. He's talking to Trip, who is getting way too much screen time. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to get too much Trip this season. Dale is like kind of weirding Trip out. He's talking about um, his ex-girlfriend landlady, how they had <laughs> some weirdness at Comic-Con and Trip might as well be a shade of green at this point. And he has a full glass of whatever he's drinking. He's like, mm, I'm going to go get a refill. And Dale like sees what's happening. And he, as a last ditch effort, reminds Trip that he was the one who outed the truce between the Omega Kais and the KTs from Calvin. And Trip is like 180s and is very interested to hear more. I'm... I don't like Dale becoming a villain. I'll say that. It's and upsetting. It, all in the name of a girlfriend. Like, come on. It's not, we we don't want this. Also the girlfriend who doesn't exist yet. Like there's no, it's not even like he so has he, a prospect in mind. Yeah. He said he's not even interested in anyone in the Greek system since Casey's gone. Yeah. So um, now of course, Evan is there because tripping. I don't even understand really why Trip invited him at all, like how that played into the plan, why Evan needed to be there. But he was also ready to put a suit on and show up and be chilly towards Calvin. And um, it's not just any suit either. Like, I think he's wearing his little Omega Chi outfit. Like they have these little jackets that they all wear. And it's, you're graduated. Like that's worse than the house mom apron. It is worse. Yeah, Casey's like, actually doing a job. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting a payoff for. She's getting somewhere to stay. And because Evan took that last law school dorm, so she has no choice. <laughs> oh, I forgot he took that dorm. He's sucking up all the resources. And so Calvin approaches Evan and, like, brings up, you know, some of what Dale was saying in the apartment earlier. And Evan continues to lay into him. He claims that Calvin has questioned everything he's done. He's made him feel like his evil big bro. And he's like going through all these things. He's like, you were against me with Franny. And Calvin at that point, his tail is like between his legs, truly. And he's like, I mean, you have to give me Franny. Evan is being so harsh to him. And it's just like, Literally, again, he was just waiting for Calvin to make a tiny mistake. And then Evan was like, and that friendship break with breakup with Cappy, that was not easy. Um, and then he's like, and maybe I'm being a little too harsh on you too. And then they like soften a little. And Calvin's like, yeah, I think I've taken our friendship for granted. Not sure that that's true and he's like I guess I've taken this whole house for granted really and then Evan looks around and like it becomes clear at the rally I was like Evan you better do the right thing and tell Calvin about this and it becomes clear that he had no intentions of doing that until they had this moment um and then Evan clues him in on what Tripp said about just waiting until rush is over and then they're gonna impeach him and Calvin's I mean again the difference between Evan and Calvin Evan finds out that they don't want him president and he holds on tooth and nail fights for it still does a bad job about it but will not relinquish and Calvin is like I mean I want to earn this spot if they don't want me then 
they don't want me. Yeah, he's so like noble about it. Yeah. And I respect that. I, mean, I do too. I love Calvin. Same. So now we're at KT, the secret party. Dale is in the crowd and he like ruins the cleaver bit for all the guys. Rusty's standing up there about to drop the cleaver a la Wade. And Dale's like, this is the part where my roommate drops the cleaver. And it scares Rusty and he drops the cleaver accidentally because it's startling. Um, and then Dale runs into the party. He's like, Casey, you guys there? And Rusty starts naming all the um, pledges or brushies one by one. And they go into the party. Um, and now we're back at the ZBZ house. And um, Tegan or Tegan, Rebecca, and Casey are walking into the kitchen after the festivities and Tegan is like, congratulations, Rebecca. Like that was great work. And then she turns on a dime and she's like, I know exactly what you were doing. Like Dana was a space plasma dork. And I found out you almost had me fooled, but then I asked her about Prada and she started talking about the museum and then she's like, due to this deception, I think we're going to need to take away your presidency. Well, she is wild. And especially for how she justifies her actions later, it's like, no, these are still wild things to say and do. She hates Rebecca. Like, let's just be frank here because Casey like fucked her over, honestly. Like, the whole like Casey as president and like they, there was like that weird thing with like Franny and Casey and then Tegan ends up backing Franny like Casey hasn't been great to her either but Tegan just does not like Rebecca and that's what this comes down to it has nothing to do with her whole greater good speech she gives it well do you know what it's giving mm. it's giving Kim Cattrall and um Casey Carlisle and yeah. Princess that coach relationship the sabotage she yeah. is kind of like her coach almost like I almost feel like Tegan has met her match with Rebecca yeah she's gonna give uh she's gonna give Rebecca a pair of ice skates next. that was like literally like about to happen <laughs> and then also say- I'm sorry like the JG bm reveal about like prada like how would tegan know that that would like does tegan know anything about this girl because a true zbz would know what prada is duh (laughs) i feel like also knowing what prada is is like a like just being aware of things like i feel like dana would know about it i'm finding all these plot holes you know i think dana is smart enough that she would know like what prada yeah but maybe she just brought it up like with no context and thought that if you're talking about something like she just assumed it was the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is where Casey steps in and she's like, Tegan, you are micromanaging us. You didn't even give Rebecca a chance. She came in here and started panning her immediately. Um, and she's like, we brought ourselves back up to number one. And Tegan's like, no, Ashley and Casey brought this house back up to number one. And then Casey 
is like as Casey of Ashley and Casey, I can say that Rebecca was the only choice to replace Ashley this year. And I trust her. And Tegan, I'll say very suspiciously, agrees to back off at this point. Yeah, like yeah. it's a sudden shift. Yeah, in a way where I was like, does she have something else up her sleeve? But it seems like she <laughs> just like relinquished. She literally just goes, okay. She's like, all right. It's scary. It was frightening. So then Rebecca is very like happy about this and they're about to go in and like do the voting or whatever during recruitment. And Casey's like, okay, great. Let me just grab my sleeping bag. And Rebecca turns and she's like, sorry, actives only. You don't get a vote. And she does look like definitely like she doesn't like that she's saying that, but she's right to do it. She's right to have those boundaries because Casey shouldn't be there. But it is just a little bit of a sting right after Casey did that for her and Tegan witnessing this. But yeah, it's, it's sad. right. It was yeah. upsetting. Actives only. Actives only. The face she makes, it's almost worse how much she was genuinely pitying her. Yeah, it was like a pity face, but it was also kind of like, no, Casey, like you can't. Yeah, Here's, like I'm not going to say yes. I feel bad for Casey, but also why would you want to be in there? I don't know. I guess like not. Maybe everyone. she just didn't even realize that she wasn't supposed to. I think she to. was caught up in the moment too of like, I'm a sister. Yeah, yeah, I guess not everyone like ends college being like, get the fuck out. Get me out of here. I need to leave. Like, <laughs> I want to be a well, sister. Because also they never had a house mother. So like. I guess it wasn't clear what the rules were. Right. So now we're at the KT party and it's popping off. Cappy's really excited to see Daly. Um, and Dale's like, yeah, I want to belong somewhere that's bigger than me and get girls. Well, and then we spot Ned from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, Devin worker or something Workizer, i think is his last sure. um and he's talking to anthony hopkins and rusty clocks this and is like mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. not happy about it because ned is not one of the kts that he clocked via their profiles and Rusty goes over and tells him to stop devoting energy to somebody not on the list. Like, bully much? Well, he asks Dumb Truck who it is. And Dumb Truck, or sorry, Anthony Hopkins, who it is. And Anthony says it's a, he's a legacy. And he's like, well, they get an auto bid. So don't talk to him. Okay. Well, still, like. Still weird. Still weird. Still weird. He still want them to feel welcome. Um. Then Officer Huck walks in unfortunately and he shuts the party down he says you know the rules no parties with booze during rush week and cappy is like there's no booze here can i make you a roy rogers with extra grenadine and he says yes and then starts to survey the rest of the party and it's like very clear obviously it's a booze infested party so he sends everyone home and then i didn't really think anything of it and Dale leans over to Rusty and goes, what does that mean? And Rusty goes, nothing good. <laughs> I thought the party was just getting shut down, which we'll see Same. 
later what happens or like I mean I I didn't I remembered after the fact like I didn't really remember in the moment I was like oh maybe they won't be able to like have parties for a while like I don't know that they're like pay a fine or something like so now we're back at the ZBZ house and Casey's sitting down in the kitchen with Tegan um and she's like how do you enjoy this like if you can't be a part of it and you're claiming you're not reliving your glory days um and she's just like I can't figure out Casey's saying like I can't figure out how to care the right way and I do say think that she is asking the wrong person on how to care the right way because Tegan is not caring the right way at Mm -hmm. all but sure I guess who else are you going to ask this is the only person who continues to be involved in ZBZ and Tegan's like, I'm not a sorority girl anymore. I'm the bitch that everyone hates. And Casey's like, so wait, is that French water just like a bit to keep us all on our toes? And she's like, no, I like French water. And she's like, I do all these things because I want to be successful and I want ZBZ to be successful. That's my job. Which it's like, okay, sure. But also you're going about it a very petty way. And I think this conversation, like, I don't feel like it's terribly helpful to Casey in her. No, I don't think that's what she wants out of it. Yeah, she does. But I'm like, what? I don't know what it is because this person does not have a healthy relationship and boundary with the active sorority members and her position. But Casey will... One thing Casey's going to do is read between the lines of what somebody's saying, even if what's between the lines is not anywhere near their intention. So she does get what she needs out of it. The old Cartwright special. Yeah. The answer was within her the whole time. So now the next day we're at the KT house and we realize that the punishment for this party is that the KTs can't have any pledges for violating this ban, which seems insane. Like that seems like a bad move for the university because that, I mean, I just think that that is a recipe for disaster. It's basically like a nail in a coffin. No pledges for a whole year. It seems extreme. They're like run out of people. I know they are they already are they're leaving for scrubs and (laughs) for scrubs um and Rusty is like you know what Cappy you are right we shouldn't have tried it was a waste we should have just stuck to karmic synergy and Cappy is like no we were right to try and you know what we found out during this we found out who the real KTs are because KTs never give up I think all they do is give up (laughs) yeah for sure they do like to throw in the towel um and then ned walks in he's looking for the status his pledge status and he introduces himself as peter parks he's a software guru's son and they all look at each other and so now i'm all turned on his his dad invented joshua whopper Joshua Whopper was the computer program that took all those tests for them. Oh, yes. Oh, you gosh. remember our episode, um, Josh and for a Whopping? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
That's not what I'm confused about. I'm confused about why they're still able to give him a bid or is it just an unofficial one that they're trying? Oh, sorry. That they're like tricking him into. No. So the uh, IFC can't stop them from giving bids to legacies. And because his dad was in KT, he's allowed to. He's the legacy. Yeah. Got it. Well, so they look at him as their beacon like this is it ride or die peter parks and they say here's your bid and we gotta tell you the dues have gone up (laughs) (laughs) and he's excited and they name him his name because it's peter parks they're gonna call him spider-man yeah which of course the second he said it it was like well they're gonna love this (laughs) yeah um So now Casey and Rebecca are going over the last night's events and sort of patting themselves on the back. Um, And Casey, this is when Casey's like, yeah, I took a page out of Franny's uh, book from last rush season. And Tegan now is leaving. Like there was no ulterior motive in her. Okay, I'm going to give up. She's like, I'm out. Um, And then she turns to Rebecca and she advises her to choose Casey as a permanent house mother and she's like free room and board and Rebecca is just kind of like mulling this over because like Casey's like accepts it and Rebecca um I think she's surprised too to see that like Casey wants to accept it and she's like I thought you moved on from this already um and they have like a cute little moment like I think Rebecca is happy to have her because she saw her have her back and to have somebody like to not just be the lone it's lonely at the top as I say I think she's happy to have that energy in the house and she says just don't stand in my way but she's like kind of like joking about it but we know that she for real is like do not stand in my way (laughs) um so now the Omega Kai's are at Dobbler's. We're getting so many shots of Trip. He's not even like in the beginning part of this scene. I'm like, get that red head <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Evan walks up to Calvin um, and Calvin's like <laughs> gleefully almost. He's like, yeah, they let me resign before impeaching me. Um, and he's like, I'm just looking to get back in their good graces. Um and then we see Dale is there. So he has a bid, feels really sinister immediately. They're both like, okay, interesting. And then Evan, of course, below the surface, it's murky at best. He is smirking. He's like, I cannot wait to see how Rusty takes this news, which honestly, I'm very curious too. Um, And then he's like, well, like you calling the cops on that KT party, like that was a pretty good way to get back in the good graces. And Calvin was like, I didn't. I thought you did it. Which is like, honestly, Evan would still do that shit, even though he's apparently moved on yet completely ingrained in the Greek culture still and then they're looking at each other and they're like then who did do it and the implication 
Dale Kettlewell. Oh, I thought it was, I thought they were looking at Trip and JP, but maybe you're right. I think. Oh, I, it, I thought Dale too. Yeah, I think it was Dale because Dale, uh, Dale saying, what does this mean? When all the three of us all thought nothing of it, didn't think it meant anything, thought it just meant fine, throw in the party. Oh, like you think him, he did it to get a bid. Yeah, I think he did it to like to get impressed there. trip. Because remember and... trip too when he's talking to trip in their first scene, like trip's not interested, and then all of a sudden, I see. and then he like takes him upstairs or something weird. Like they uh... like they're really close really quickly. And why would Dale even ask Rusty what that means? Like I think mm-hmm. he asked him to make it to cover his tracks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I hope not, but I think that was what the implication was. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I think the three of them, the the three phobes now, truly, yeah, are in on it. Certainly, interesting. And that was that episode, guys. I am really feeling this season closing in. It's almost over. I know. I'm like, I was feeling the weight of it today. I know. I'm sad. I'm sad too. I don't want it to. I, you know, who I was reminiscing about. Yeah. Max. Max. Uh, <laughs> I know that was so long ago. So long ago. He's probably still in England. I mm-hmm. miss him. I Me love too. him. <laughs> okay, winners and losers. Let's start with winners. Kind of a tough episode for winners, I gotta be honest. I guess like Rebecca learning to like navigate her new position. Uh, Did she? I don't know. I, literally... <laughs> literally the only person I could think of that I guess Rebecca like surviving not yeah presidency taken away I said I guessed Cappy even though there was yeah. a snake slaughter but he's putting effort in and he let Rusty try which is always nice yeah maybe Peter Parks <laughs> yeah I was gonna say maybe Calvin because he's like standing up for what's right even while everyone else isn't I know I almost said Calvin, but I was like, the man really took it on the chin over and over again yeah. this episode in a way that felt rather loserish in its own right. So I couldn't give it to him, but I get I I like you having him as the winner. Yeah, I'll give it to him, but I see what you mean. Losers. Ugh. Hmm. I'm going full send on Dale. I don't like him closing up to trip. Even if he didn't call the cops, I am not jazzed yeah. about his behavior. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm a Dale Stan. You are. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go Evan. I mean, I just need him to get over it. I know. Like, I was going to, but I think I put him as my last one. When I saw him in that little Omega Kai blazer, I was like, you need to get a life. I just realized it's two in a row Dale loser for me because I had Dale. Really? Okay, this pains me to say because I do kind of love her, but honestly, Tegan, like she was, I was by the end of this episode, I was like, please leave. She was acting like a loser. Well, yeah, by definition, her character is kind of just a loser. So yeah, and I, I yeah, I'm not sure. Um, even in her speech to Casey at the end, while she's kind of like talking about how she's completely moved on but like it's so clear that she hasn't (laughs) yeah obviously (laughs) um 
Wait, also kind of unrelated, but I had this thought today. I thought of a good um, New York Times connections category, and it could be um, people that Thomas went to high school with. <laughs> oh my gosh, honestly. <laughs> They're niche enough already. Throw yeah, that, that one in be, there. That would the be a good listeners. connection. They wouldn't be able to fit Anna Sophia Robb's name on one of those little squares. Well, they would say ASR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my People gosh. People would know. Like, if you're already going right. to make a connection, you're already going to say, see ASR, and you're going to be like, Anna Sophia Robb. Okay, Anna Sophia Robb's on here. Only look for someone else. Right. You know who I also went to high school with? Julie Gentry Manning, or whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Beth Gentry Manning. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this fun down memory. Ciao. Bye. XO.